This is Soccer News IV. Soccer News IV, it's in your veins. Brought to you by SoccerOM.com from Bumblebee to high school to college to the pros before the best coaches go to practice. They go to SoccerOM.com. Hello and welcome. I'm Stephen Parr, the host of Soccer News IV. Here's our top story. Well, MLS has made perhaps the worst disciplinary decision in the league's 11-year history, and no, I'm not exaggerating here. Let's start at the top. During last weekend's game between the Chicago Fire and the New England Revolution, the Revs' Charlie Joseph was trying to shield a ball around midfield in the first half stoppage time. The Fire's Ivan Guerrero was pulling on Joseph's shirt and his waist from behind. The referee, Tim Whalen, called advantage for Joseph. Now, this is important. He was going to call a foul on Guerrero, but he didn't. Joseph's left arm swung back and struck Guerrero near the face. Now, Joseph is six foot three. Guerrero is five foot seven. So Joseph's elbow is just about face height for Guerrero. Now, as I was watching the game, it looked to me like Joseph was just trying to get his balance. Other news reports say he was trying to get away from Guerrero, who, remember, was fouling Joseph. Anyway, the ref never made a call. Instead, the half ended, and both men ended up walking off the field. There were no, I repeat, no cards handed out for the incident. Flash forward to Tuesday, and the MLS Disciplinary Committee hands down a fine to Joseph for $500 and a one-game suspension. This happened on a play where no foul, no card was given during the match. This means that Joseph will now miss the final leg of the home-and-away series against Chicago, a series New England currently is trailing. And to add further insult, MLS refused to overturn the suspension after the Revs protested. Now, another MLS player was fined and suspended this week as well. Chicago's Tiago Martins was ejected from his match against FC Dallas for elbowing defender Clarence Goodson in the stomach. And when you watch the video of that foul, it is clear. Martins is trying to hurt Goodson. The ball isn't anywhere near the two players. Martin was rightly ejected for his conduct. And so what does MLS do? They fine him $250, $250. That's half of what they fined Joseph. Look, if these two incidents had happened in a nightclub instead of on a soccer pitch, Joseph would have turned around to Guerrero and said, oh, sorry, man, I didn't mean to hit you in the face. And Guerrero probably would have said something like, oh, no, it's my fault. I bumped into you from behind. Martins, on the other hand, would have been hauled off to jail for assault. This is not the first time this season that MLS has fined and suspended a player for an incident that did not result in a card, yellow or red, during the actual match. Remember that earlier this season, Clinton Dempsey was fined and suspended for two games when he hit Jimmy Conrad of the Kansas City Wizards while both players were challenging for an air ball. MLS got it wrong then. And they're even more wrong now because of the playoff implications. And by the way, New England was the victim in both of these unjust punishments. And just so you know, I, I'm not a New England fan. 
I'm also not the only member of the media who thinks MLS was not only wrong, but dead wrong. Frank DeLapa of ESPN.com wrote a scathing article this week saying MLS's credibility is now called into question over the decision. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram reported this week that Lamar Hunt's team made a profit this year for the first time in team history. Hunt credited the new Pizza Hut Park as the main reason for the financial turnaround, and with so many soccer-specific stadiums built or in construction or in planning, that's also good news for MLS and the other team owners. In other news, MLS named D.C.'s Bobby Boswell Defender of the Year. It's been quite a month for Boswell. Not only is he Defender of the Year for MLS, but Cosmo Magazine named him as one of the 50 most eligible bachelors in the U.S. in their most recent issue. Oh, and in case you missed it, the first round of playoffs are underway, so let's get to the games. Going in order, D.C. United traveled to the Meadowlands to face the New York Red Bulls. There's a lot of history between these two clubs, especially since the Red Bulls coaching staff is littered with former United players and coaches. That includes head coach Bruce Arena, assistant coaches John Harks and Richie Williams, and team tough guy Dima Kovalenko. The Red Bulls held their former teammates to 0-0 in the first half, but they couldn't stop the Supporters' Shield winners forever in the 77th minute. MVB candidate Christian Gomez was able to break through the Red Bulls' back line and lob a pass from Jaime Moreno into the back of the net. Red Bulls were able to hit the United crossbar in stoppage time, but unlike dancing, close just doesn't count. Now, Red Bull New York will have to win by two goals over United in D.C. if they want to advance. Out west, FC Dallas traveled to Mile High to face the Rapids. Colorado owned much of the first half, but Dario Sala's excellent keeping kept the hoops in the game. 15 minutes in, Carlos Ruiz shielded off a throw-in to dart into the Colorado box and put away the first goal of the match. Now, there was some controversy with this goal. The Rapids defenders say El Pescadito used one of his fins to handle the ball. I haven't seen a good camera angle of this play yet. That proves Ruiz used his hands. Now, that doesn't mean that Carlos cheated, but it doesn't mean he didn't cheat either. Still, the goal counted, and Dallas led on the road. In the 23rd minute, Tiago Martins chested down a ball in the box and nailed a shot towards the goal. Sala made the initial save, but the rebound bounced to a wide-open Terry Cook, who was able to tie the game one all. Now, in the second half, Dallas came out strong, and their work paid off. In the 55th minute, as Ronnie O'Brien found a wide-open Abe Thompson behind the Rapids' defense, Thompson buried the go-ahead goal. There was controversy with this goal as well. Colorado claimed Thompson was offsides. Now, I did see a good camera angle on this one, and sorry, Colorado, Thompson was onsides when O'Brien struck the cross. He was just wide open. Colorado now finds themselves in the same boat as Red Bull New York. Rapids need to win by two on the road to advance. On Sunday, Chicago hosted New England in Toyota Park, as we talked about at the top of this show. Chicago really controlled much of this game, but they needed a mistake by the Revs to take advantage. Just 10 minutes before halftime, Jay Heaps took down C.J. Brown just outside the box. The Fires' Justin Mapp took the free kick. It was heading straight at the wall, specifically Andy Dorman's face, when Dorman ducked out of the way. 
The rest of the ball's trip to the goal was clear sailing, and the fire was up one nothing. I think Andy just got on Justin's Christmas card list. New England's Clint Dempsey hurt his right ankle late in the game and is still questionable for this weekend. So while New England is at home looking for a two-goal victory, they will have to do it without their best defensive center midfielder and may have to go without their most creative offensive player as well. In L.A., Chivas USA hosted the Houston Dynamo. The game was mostly a mix of missed opportunities and half chances until just before halftime. That's when Chivas' leading scorer, Ante Razov, nailed a beautiful free kick from just outside the box. It actually looked a lot like Justin Mapp's goal in the previous game, except it was high enough to get over the wall so that no one had to duck. In the second half came the worst call, or rather the worst no call, of the weekend. Houston's Dwayne De Rosario dribbled through the entire Chivas midfield to spring Brian Ching on a through ball. Ching was one-on-one with Chivas keeper Brad Guzan. Ching pushed the ball past Guzan, who then just took out Brian's legs. Ching landed face first. The ball rolled out of bounds, and referee Jorge Gonzalez called a goal kick. Horrible. Ching was fouled. He was robbed. He was cheated. Guzan should have been ejected for denying a clear scoring opportunity. It should have been a penalty kick. But no, instead, Chivas goes up by two when Juan Francisco Palencia scored just four minutes later. And just as the fans in the Home Depot Center began celebrating their inevitable trip to the next round, Houston sprang to life. Brian Ching nailed a cross from Brian Mullen into the net to bring the game within one in the 74th minute. Then in the 85th, Chivas brought Ching down in the box again. This time, Houston was given a penalty kick, so tie game, right? Nope. Guzan came up hero, saving De Rosario's shot to the right side of the goal. Chivas now heads to Houston, needing just a tie to advance to the Western Conference Finals. Which means it's time for the schedule. Chicago and New England square off Saturday at 7.30. The game is on both Direct Kick and Fox Soccer Channel. Chicago leads one goal to nothing and only need a tie to advance. At 8.30, Dallas hosts Colorado in Pizza Hut Park. Dallas leads 2-1 and advance with just a tie. On Sunday, the Red Bulls head to D.C. needing two goals to win to advance. You can watch on ESPN at 6 Eastern. Then at 8, Houston tries to stay alive. Chivas USA can advance with just a tie. This game is on Direct Kick, HDNet, and Fox Soccer Channel. That's it for this week. I need to give a big shout-out to the folks at Soccerom.com for all of their support. For Soccer News IV, I'm Stephen Parr. Remember, Soccer News IV, it's in your veins.